What would it take to end your life, but without literally dying? The concept of suicide or faking your own death is so extreme, you must be running from something really terrible to do it. Actually, it's not so much terrible as probably criminal, a way to escape liability, responsibility, or even prison. But before you fake it, you better make sure you can make it without ever being found. Because no matter what your reason for telling the world you're gone, sometimes being fake dead is the only way to live. you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the ParCast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 fake deaths and double lives. Speaking of double lives, is my ex on this list? But I'm... You know, like for some reason, I feel like the podcast research gods may have missed him. Well, lucky them. (laughs) But anyway, that was a really good intro. I'm on a roll today. You are. You are. (laughs) It was a good intro. I I give that to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But here's my version of a good intro. I'm ready. Literally, I have been wanting to fake my own death (laughs) ever since I saw the movie Gone Girl. Like I've I've been committed to the cause. I love it. But I haven't figured out all the logistics yet. Yeah. I mean, I love that that's what you took away from that movie. (laughs) Thank you. It's like, it's pretty on the nose, though, because all of these people on this list are definitely running away from something. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm always so, I don't want to say impressed. It's like more like (laughs) flabbergasted (laughs) at the fact that people can just run away and start a new life. And they just like, it's like they vanished into thin air. Like, I I could never do that for multiple reasons. Number one is because I'm terrible at secrets. Yep. (laughs) And number two is because... I have anxiety. Valid. Like, imagine just looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. No, I couldn't do it. No. And we've covered some cases where people have gone missing, and this is just, you know, like a possibility. Like, people theorize that they may be left to start a new life or fake their own death. And it always seemed so far-fetched to me. I was always like, no, like, who does that? But, like, here we are. Like, it seems like it happens to more people than we even realize. I know, you're right. It's It's crazy. It's a weird thing. Well, I finally get to live out my double life fantasy vicariously through like my five people on this list. (laughs) And Elena can reminisce about some like double agents from her past with her five people on the list. There you go. But neither of us knows whose double lives were the wildest. Let's start the countdown. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. 10. I'll start us off with number 10, the blazing car murderer, Alfred Rouse. Alfred was so desperate to get out of various family and financial obligations that he faked his own death by killing another man. Hmm. 
Alfred set his own car on fire with the victim's body inside. He was ultimately caught, but the victim has never been identified. Whoa. Bananas, right? That's weird. So Alfred fought in the First World War. The violence and a near-death experience during the war reportedly like really affected him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Which obviously that will stay with you. Yeah. His injuries apparently caused severe personality changes after he was discharged. He was promiscuous and fathered many children. He had multiple marriages, both while at war and while with his first wife back in America. Uh-oh. So, like, that's not okay, Alfred. Not awesome. Like, let's not do that. No. Now, he planned to fake his own death to escape mounting child support bills. Wow. We're not really a huge fan what, of Alfred. What a stand-up guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the very opposite, though. Not a fan of Alfred so far. No, he, probably not at the end either. <laughs> no. Because he murdered a man at a bar who apparently admitted to Alfred that he had no other social connections Aww. and then lit his corpse on fire in his car. So this man meets you at a bar... And is like, I have no friends or family. And probably is like, hey, want to be buds? And you're like, I'm just going to murder you and pretend you're me so I don't have to pay for my children. Then I'm so, going to light your body on fire in a car. Like, so messed up. Come on, Alfred. I can't. And now it fooled everyone at first, but ultimately he was tipped off to the police by a mistress. Ooh, came back at ya. They're always going to get you, honey. Good for that mistress. Nine. Number nine on our countdown is the fake lord who faked his own death, Timothy Dexter. Dexter was a not-so-smart, eccentric American who somehow continually beat the odds and became very wealthy. Then to test the loyalty of those around him, including his own family, he faked his death and held a fake funeral. Oh, so he went one step further than the last guy. He really took this up a notch. I need to know how, I need to know a lot more about this, but especially how he faked his own funeral. Well, I'm going to give it to you. Do you remember when Todd Chrisley did that? I don't. Oh. (laughs) I do not. I'll never forget that as long as I live. (laughs) But now I won't, so that's great. Timothy Dexter was born poor, but married into decent wealth. He then turned what wealth he and his wife had into millions, thanks to his neighbors. They hated him so much, they intentionally fed him bad investment advice to try to bankrupt him. (laughs) But it backfired. The investments paid off big. Oh, man. So they were like, do all of this and it will work. But they were like, Like, oh, my God, it's not going to. His neighbors hated him so much. They were like, let's just completely destroy his life financially. And they ended up making him a millionaire. You know what that is? Karma. That sold so much. He was considered to be one of America's first rich eccentrics because he didn't fit into the elite class, but his money allowed him to have odd interests and own weird things, which I'm down for that. I'm not mad at him so far. <laughs> like, that sounds cool so far. He also gave himself the title Lord. I, I, again, not mad. I can't say I'm mad at this so far. I don't know. Lord Dexter staged an elaborate fake funeral to test how people felt about him. Todd Chrisley did the exact same thing. shook. He coached his kids and wife on how to act during it, and thousands showed up. He then viciously beat his wife after the ceremony because he believed she didn't appear sad enough, and then joined the party like nothing happened. So in the end, Lord Dexter 
took a real bad turn. He, he truly did. Like, that all sounded great and just funny. I was not mad at him until... I wasn't mad at after all. ...after the funeral. And then all of a sudden, at the end, it's like, whoa, yeah. how did we get there? It's a little... That's not even eccentric. That's, that's just bad behavior. That's just really bad behavior. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of the top 10 faked deaths in double lives is Juan Pujol, a World War II double agent codenamed Garbo. Juan Pujol Garcia was one of the greatest World War II spies that was never initially hired to be a spy. He just did it voluntarily at first to convince the British to make him an official spy like an unpaid internship he was never hired for. <laughs> wow. Then, to escape Nazi retaliation after the war, he faked his own death until the 1980s. Wow. See, this seems warranted. I'm interested in this. Me too. Well, he hated the Nazi regime and wanted to join the British war effort as a spy, but they turned him down due to lack of experience. Which is never fair, because it's like, okay, then how am I supposed to get the experience? <laughs> it's like, okay, how do I spy if I've never spied before? Like, come on. Give me my chance. Just let me spy. Just let me spy. Let me shoot my spy shot. <laughs> Ooh, say that five times fast. Now, anyways, he somehow convinced Nazi officials that he wanted to spy on Britain and began feeding Germany fake information. Wow. And he was really good at it. That was really smart. It was. Also a terrifying position to put yourself in. Sure was. <laughs> now, the Brits finally hired him and codenamed him Garbo because he was such a good actor. I wondered when I saw Garbo, I was like, Greta, Greta Garbo? I, I was like, that. is he garbage? Garbage? That's what my first is thought that what we will find out? His greatest coup was telling the Nazis that the D-Day operation was fake. They ended up not being prepared for it when it really oh, did happen. Oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? Pujol asked for help spreading the word that he died of malaria so that he could live in peace away from any post-war retribution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he needed Get that. It. He eventually returned to England after decades to a wife who suspected he was alive, but to children who angrily did not. Uh-oh. He did write a book about his life, though. Oh, good. <laughs> and I'm about to purchase that after this. What a good note to end on. At number seven this week is author Ken Kesey. He's best known for his book, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and notoriously known in the psychedelic community. But in 1965, Kesey faked his own death to avoid charges for marijuana possession. Aw, oh, man. Bet you didn't know that. Kesey famously helped shape the psychedelics era. His adventures are well-documented in nonfiction books. He's very much credited as being influential in the hippie counterculture movement, and often wrote, well, quote-unquote, under the influence. I'm pretty obsessed with him so far. So far, he sounds great. In 65, he got arrested for marijuana possession, but then faked his own suicide to evade charges. Wow. Wow took a jump. He put an ominous note in his car and then just abandoned it, convincing the general public and the media of his death, but not the authorities. Oh, they were not buying it. Kesey actually went to Mexico to hide, but was caught after a few months and sent to jail for five months in Redwood City, California. He served his time and then lived the rest of his life quietly, continuing to write. 
I really liked that guy. I, actually, I love that story. Like, that's just very, like, yeah, here it is. He was like, it was like he tried so hard and he and didn't got so get far, there, but it's okay. <laughs> I almost gave you a Lincoln Park lyric at the end. <laughs> I thought that's where that was going. But you know what, Ken Kesey, you're all right. Landing at number six is Alexander I of Russia. Rumors had long been told that the Russian Tsar's death from typhus in 1825 was faked, and that he ended up living a secret, simpler life as a monk in Siberia. Now, handwriting evidence seems to confirm the rumors are true. Get me in this story immediately. <laughs> the hot gossip, honey. What is the tea? Was that Emperor Alexander I staged his own death and became a holy man to atone for his rule in his father's assassination. Or at least uh, benefiting from it? Yeah, that's guilty conscience. Yeah, like a massive guilt <laughs> trip that. for the rest of your entire <laughs> just life. forever. Now, another possible motive, though, was that he just wanted relief from the pressures of the role. All right. I could see both sides. I could see that. Who knows? Maybe it was like a mixture of both. Yeah, whenever you're like Alexander the something, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Even if you're just Alexander, I bet. Yeah. Sorry to all the Alexanders out there. Shout out to Alexanders. Now, handwriting samples have been analyzed by the president of the Russian Graphological Society. She says there's a strong link between the handwriting styles of Alexander the First and a monk in Siberia, suggesting that it's the same person. I believe it. I think it I'm is. I'm on board. I'm on board. Now, Alexander's wife died shortly after him, and rumor is she faked her death in order to become a nun. Wow. It was suspicious from the time that Alexander died because she didn't act like her husband had just died. Hmm. Although, like, marriages were different back then, so maybe she just didn't <laughs> like him. <laughs> You're like, maybe she just didn't care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's believe her at face value. She just didn't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the debate continues, and talks of using DNA samples to test the theory have gained steam. Ooh, I'm interested. I know. I think I'm going to keep posted on this. I like that. Stay posted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one of those. Ken Kesey was just so... I just took I took that ride with him. A likable guy. It was nice. I was like, all right. And I love that Get he lost just for a little while. Come lived, back. Lived his life quietly for the rest of time. And he just still wrote. I like it. Yeah, I'm down for that. It was I, a nice, happy ending. I also think Alexander definitely became a monk. I think so, too. That sounds right. Yeah, I feel that, you know? I feel it. All right. I don't know what we're in for, but I'm excited for it. I'm ready. The CIA. They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? 
Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of fake deaths and double lives. Starting off the second half of our list is Jacote Delahai. Delahai was a redheaded female pirate, me, who faked her own <laughs> death after a bounty was put on her head. She then got back into the game pretending to be a man. But that double life didn't last long, and once she revealed herself to be not only a woman, but alive, she earned the nickname Back From The Dead Red. I'm literally going to say that to you for the rest of time. Please do. Every time you come downstairs, I'm just going to be like, oh, Back From The Dead Red. Heck yes. <laughs> I've had near-death experiences. We can go with it. Have you? We can, we can sh- I, yeah, we'll, you have. I have. That's we'll, fair. We'll shoehorn this in. I'm in. So Delahai was orphaned at a young age. She's been described as adventurous and strong-willed. So the only place for a woman like that to use her talents was being a pirate, which was a freedom unheard of for women. She literally said, yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. (laughs) Ahoy, matey. (laughs) She did. (laughs) Delahai assembled a crew to pillage ships for their treasures. (laughs) Like, what? See, that I couldn't do. I I couldn't even finish that sentence without just being like, ah! I'm so excited. It's wild. It's like Captain Hook, the live action. It really is. But in doing so, she made other pirates and authorities really mad. (laughs) So they put a bounty on her head. So she faked her own death and then disguised herself as a man. An actual icon. Della High. Iconic. I love her. I love her. Della High, High, High. I'm in. Della High Five. (laughs) Right? She lived as a man. For many years, but her feminine features were kind of unmistakable, so the disguise came off and the nickname came in. Back from the dead red. You know, referencing her red hair. Yes, I I gather that. Which we love. (laughs) We love it. She soon took over a Caribbean island as her own paradise, where she allegedly really died. Aw, R.I.P. dead red. But like on a Caribbean island. Dead dead red. Like most historical tales of piracy, her story and specific escapades is a mix of fact and legend. I love so, it. Take it all with a grain of salt, but it sounds awesome. It sounds like a good bedtime story. I love it. Four. Landing at number four this week is... British politician John Stonehouse. On a Miami beach in 1974, Stonehouse left a pile of clothes on the sand in order for people to think that he had drowned. But in digging into Stonehouse's life after he quote-unquote died, his shady business dealings were exposed, and eventually he was found alive and had to face all the truths and consequences. Yeah, you can't just leave a stanky pile of clothes on a beach. (laughs) Stanky. Can't do it. Yeah, it was not a good plan. He didn't think it through. Now, Stonehouse had political ambitions and eventually became an MP serving under Prime Minister Harold Wilson. So he had a lot going for him. All right. But in 1969, suspicions that he was a spy tarnished his public popularity. And over the next few years, he got into some shady dealings and an affair with his secretary. So All right. No, we're, not, we're not killing it. Not killing it. So he decided to stage his death and run away with her. Don't do that. 
He left the pile of clothes on that beach, ran away with her to Australia, and took on the identity of a dead constituent. He was eventually found, though, and extradited back to England to face forgery, theft, and fraud charges. Charges of being a jerk. Charges of, <laughs> hey, we know you're alive. <laughs> According to the BBC, a psychiatric report at the time concluded, quote, He began to dislike the personality of Stonehouse and came to believe that his wife, colleagues, and friends would be better off without him. That's kind of sad. I think it's a little melodramatic, if you a ask me. A little bit. It's like, you just wanted to have an affair and people didn't like you anymore, so you ran away. You just ran away with your secretary. Yeah. Let's, all, let's call it what it is. Right. So I really wasn't mad when I found out that he was sentenced to jail, but I was a little bit mad when I found out that he was released a few years later due to poor health. Ah. You know? Some of his spy allegations eventually proved true, though. Wow. New charges were not brought against him, though, as the government didn't see it worth their time, money, or resources. All right. That's a choice. Yeah. That's a real choice. They were just like, you know what? Never mind. Three. Number three on our countdown of faked deaths and double lives is Connie Franklin, a.k.a. Marion Franklin Rogers. This is a very bizarre case from start to finish, with a woman meeting a man, falling in love, only to see him attacked and murdered. But then the alleged dead man walks into court to testify during his murderer's trial. I feel like that would throw things off a little bit. This, this It does. It really throws a wrench <laughs> in things. In the entire trial. It does. This sounds like a movie. It does. Like already. I'm it's, like, this isn't real. It's got like double Jeopardy vibes. It certainly does. With a little bit of like paranormal thrown in it. Yeah. Like here's a ghost walking into the courtroom. Yeah. So Connie Franklin wandered into town one day. He found odd jobs and started courting the local ladies. Like one girl named Tiller. They planned to marry. Love that. But then Tiller reports that the two of them were ambushed by a group of men on the way to get married, and Connie was killed in the attack. See, that sounds far too fake to be true. Already, I'd be like, yeah. It's a little too movie-esque, my friend. But without a dead body, only a possible bloody hat and unidentified charred bones as evidence, four male suspects are sent to trial. The trial was sensational also because the prosecuting attorney and the defense attorney we're brothers. Honey, this is this is not real. <laughs> like every I time every time I read another line when I was looking at this, I was like, what no no, what? no, no come, come on. on. Well, due to the attention the case got, word spread. And because of a photo that circulated, Connie was found alive working at a farm not too far away. You fake your own death to go to a farm? To go to a farm not too far away, just down the street. Like what? Down the way there. His real name was Marion Franklin Rogers. He had escaped from a nearby mental hospital, abandoning his wife and three children following a war draft when he wandered into town. Marion, formerly Connie, was brought into court to testify, but Tiller said she didn't recognize or know him. Oh, so she was covering like, for what? him. But Marion slash Connie's ID was confirmed by others who knew him, plus handwriting, fingerprints, and dental and medical records from the Arkansas State Hospital. I know. I love that she's like, mm, that's not no, him. No, that's not him. And they're like, cool, we'll just fingerprint him. And then if that doesn't work, we'll get his like DNA well, or we'll just take his teeth. That's it, like, she's like, no, that's not them. And they, oh, oh, okay, Tiller. Yeah, right. Thank you. Right. All right, sir, you can leave. Go ahead. You're free to go. We won't ask any other questions. It's fine. <laughs> Tiller said no. 
So Tiller did finally admit that she never saw Marion slash Connie be killed, only saw him beaten unconscious that day. A big difference. But still denied knowing the man in court. The jury deadlocked and the defendants were found not guilty. That was a very empathetic jury. What? A, like, roundabout story. Seriously. You don't even know what to think at the end. Wow, dude, that last one, though. <laughs> I don't. Like, I cannot. <laughs> that one just goes on and on. It's a never-ending story. I know. It's like, what? I want to know more. But I feel like your favorite so far is definitely Dead Red. Back from the Dead Red. Yeah. I'm in. I'm her. That's my next Halloween costume. Oh, you should. I, I mean, you just have to be a pirate. So. I just have to be me as a pirate. And maybe like dressed as a man if you felt like it. I love that. Okay, I love cool. all of it. Let's get you a moustache. We're going to do it. Let's get it. I'm ready for number two. Me too, and I know what it is. Two. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of fake deaths and double lives. At number two is Russian journalist Arkady Babchenko. At the direction and help of the Ukrainian security service, the SBU, Babchenko staged his death to save his life. Russia had sent assassins to take him out due to his critical reporting, and the SBU wanted to stop the plot to kill him. But the stunt also sparked a debate that Babchenko's fake death gave more credence to fake news. There is so much to unpack here. Literally, that was, that was like a lot. We need a moving truck. Let's get a U-Haul out of here. <laughs> to pull off the fake death, Babchenko first had to lie face down in pig's blood for pictures in order to sell the story. Full commitment to the cause. That's too much commitment, I feel. I also feel like that could probably get you sick somehow. Probably. Yeah, I'm not into it, but his wife was in on it, but that was it. Friends reacted with shock over the news of his violent death. And the cover story was that he died from an assassin's bullets and his wife called the police right after, feigning ignorance. So many people are in on this. So many people. He was actually taken inside the morgue to sell the ruse what? with his face covered in makeup to make him look dead. Oh my God. Which like that, I, I just love the theatrics of that. This is the most theatrical. Right? Critics say the stunt damaged the reputation of the press since, quote, fake news was already on the rise and public trust in the press was eroding. Wow. Right? The Ukrainian government defended the actions and officials expressed shock that they would criticize a journalist for valuing his own survival. Which is very fair. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a pretty fair sentiment to have. It is. And because his fear was justified, the Russian newspaper where he worked for most of his career has seen five reporters killed since Putin ascended to power. All right, so give him a break. Seriously. Now, the SBU continued to protect Babchenko after it was revealed he was alive. And Babchenko continued to speak out against Russia. Look at this guy. A true hero. One. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 faked deaths and double lives. Arsonist and killer, Belle Gunnis. Ugh. And his, his story is bonkers. She's horrible. 
Belle lived a double life, both as a single woman who faced major loss in her life and as the murderer who caused those losses. Plus, in the end, it's not clear if the body found in the fiery rubble of her farm home was her, or if she faked her death and got away with being one of the most prolific serial arsonists and killers in American history. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past her. I wouldn't either. It would not be shocking. I've actually, I haven't heard that theory though, that she ran away. This is a crazy case. In the 1880s, Belle and her husband had a home and a business in Chicago that mysteriously burned hello insurance money. (laughs) And then two of her foster children die. Oh. Yeah. She then convinced her husband to take out a larger life insurance policy. And he mysteriously died on the one day when both his new and existing policies overlapped, which would mean double the payout. Which would also mean probably not an accident. So far, you're like, wow, this is a lot of sad things that are also lining up for a big payout. Exactly. But but yeah, sad. Totally sad. Belle then moves to a farm in LaPorte, Indiana, after the neighbors in Illinois began getting suspicious about the deaths. Because obviously you're going to be like, wow, that's really sad for you, but like... That's a lot. But like, wow, that always seems to happen to you, Belle. That's a lot that's happening, Belle. In 1902, Belle remarried a widower with two kids. Shortly after, one child and the husband are now dead. Oh, see, like, Belle, honey, no. It's it's getting to be a lot. So she's now single. That's good. She should stay that way. But unfortunately, she was ready to mingle. Uh, See, that's not what we want. Yeah, we didn't want that. We don't want Belle out on the streets mingling. We don't. Belle put out ads luring men to work on her farm and the, you know, the potential to marry her. Get some work, get some Belle. (laughs) One suitor died after getting her some money from his bank account. What a weird coincidence. It's so strange how this just always happens to poor Belle. She has very bad luck. Then, her greatest hits come together for one grand finale. The farmhouse mysteriously catches fire, and four bodies are found. Presumably, her and the children. But the skull was missing on the woman, and her identity had to be just assumed. Oh yeah, honey, that's not Belle. Yeah. After investigating, over 40 bodies, all Belle's victims over the years were exhumed from that farm property. Any of them missing their skulls? I'm just saying. Or any of them with a double skull? Should oh, I, I say? I don't even double know. Skull? <laughs> Her most recent farmhand, Ray, was cleared of murder, but imprisoned for arson. He allegedly admitted this was Belle's last crime. The body was not hers, and she ran away with the money. But it's unclear if that's true. I think it's true. I buy it. I'm here for it. I think Belle ran away with it. I think so. I agree with the podcast research gods. Belle Gunness is number one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she totally sure. had to be number one. I mean, when you say double lives, Belle Gunness is like, hello, did you summon me? Literally. She's like, oh, <laughs> hello. Oh, wait. I'm, well, she's definitely not still alive. She's like, but... Gone Girl could never. Oh, Gone Girl could, though. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. Yeah, I think that was 100% number one. I can't think of anything that they left off. I can't really think of any, like, the only ones I can think of are some, like, serial killers that their family didn't know. Yeah. But it's like, they didn't fake their own deaths, so it's just a double life situation. Yeah, exactly. So I think the podcast research gods nailed it. They're, like, killing it. We have not they been are. able to prove them wrong in a very long time. Yeah, and it's infuriating me. Wow, her face just turned <laughs> ins- insanely red. <laughs> 
Just saying. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other ParCast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at ParCast on Facebook and Instagram and at ParCast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which we hope you do, you can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast and on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. And definitely like don't fake your own death this week and not the next week after that. And we'll see you on Monday for another episode. Yeah, don't do it. Stay you. Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact-checking by Cara Macarlene. Research by J.K. Heo. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash and Alina Urquhart. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.